For the first time this offseason, the Orioles have handed out a major league deal to a position player, bringing in Adam Frazier, the second baseman, on a one-year $8 million deal. We'll talk about why the O's brought him in, how he fits on this team, and what's next for the Orioles throughout the rest of the offseason. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, December 16th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we take a look back at the career so far and the future his career for Adam Frazier, who the Orioles signed to a one-year $8 million deal on Thursday, making him just the second major league contract they've given out this offseason and the first position player that the Orioles have brought in. Now we know the O's were looking for a left-handed bat who could play multiple positions, and Adam Frazier certainly fits that mold. But we'll talk about his stats lately, what he can bring to the O's, what role he'll play, and then after this signing, what comes next for the O's. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And before we get started, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. You can follow the podcast, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube page. Now remember, starting next week, a little less frequently on the podcasting here, goes down to three days a week for the next few months starting next week. So most likely next week, we'll have Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday episodes. And then after that, we'll generally come out with Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the pod for the next few months until the Orioles report to Sarasota in February for spring training. Then we will be back to five days a week, but we'll still have all the Orioles coverage right here on the pod. And to start with that Orioles coverage today, it's all about Adam Frazier who the Orioles signed to a one-year, $8 million deal on Thursday, first reported by John Heyman. And listen, the Orioles had been connected to Adam Frazier, not strongly, but at least in multiple places throughout the offseason. Is he the most significant or exciting signing that the Orioles could have made? No. But he's going to help this team, and that's where we want to start. So who is Adam Frazier? Well, a 31-year-old, mainly second baseman, but a guy who does play all around the diamond, multiple infield positions, and can, if you need him to, play all three outfield positions as well. And again, will be with the Orioles on an $8 million contract for 2023. Now, Frazier spent the entire 2022 season with the Seattle Mariners and was essentially almost an everyday player in their lineup. He played mostly second base, but did play a solid amount of corner outfield as well in Seattle and was in every lineup in their postseason games against the Blue Jays and the Astros as well. Now, for Adam Frazier in 2022 with the Mariners, let's just say it didn't go the best for Frazier. And it's a strong argument to be made that he had his worst big league season this year with the Mariners. Now, it was definitely his worst full big league season. He was also struggling a lot in the short in 2020 season, but that was only 58 games. This one, we'll call it his worst. His final stats, 
He played in 156 games for the Mariners and had 602 plate appearances, so pretty much almost an everyday player. Hit 238 with a 301 on base percentage and just a 311 slugging, which was by far his career low. That was good for just an 81 WRC+, meaning Frazier was 19% worse than the league average hitter in baseball in 2022. Now, his defense was still good, and he got a 1.1 war according to Fangraph. So it was still a valuable player for a playoff team in the Mariners. Now, what did Frazier do this year? Well, he did some of the things he usually does. Didn't strike out at a high rate, just a 12.1% strikeout rate was the 11th lowest rate among all qualified hitters in baseball. Also had an 8% walk rate as well, which was a solid number. He stole a career-high 11 bases in 2022 as well, but he had a career-low three home runs. The power was almost gone, you know, told you with the career-low slugging percentage at 311 as well. Now, with some of the deeper stats, they kind of tell the same story of his baseline stats, is that he just wasn't the same hitter. Again, a 612 OPS was a career-low for Adam Frazier, and when you look at his quality of contact, it just went down. A 23.8% hard hit rate was his lowest since 2017, and just the second lowest of his career. You look at, you know, his launch angle at 13.6 degrees, the highest launch angle of his career. Now, for some hitters, that usually means a good thing. But Adam Frazier, who's never really had a whole lot of power, you know, he has two 10 home run seasons, 2018 and 19 with Pittsburgh. That's his career high. He's not a home run hitter. So when you increase the launch angle, when you're not a home run hitter, your stats actually get worse. And his 35% fly ball rate was by far the highest of his career. Just a lot more pop-ups, a lot more lazy fly balls from Adam Frazier this year than ever before. And didn't use the whole field like he usually does. Only 27% of the balls off his bat this year were hit to the opposite field. That is his career low as well. He's generally up, you know, in the in the mid 30% or at least above 30% in his opposite field percentages. So he just wasn't the same hitter in 2022. His 85.1 average exit velocity, lowest of his career. So just wasn't making the quality contact that he is used to making. Now, Frazier, who has kind of made a name for himself, is what kind of hitter he is. He was a sixth-round pick of the Pirates back in 2013, made his Major League debut with Pittsburgh in 2016, played 66 games that year as a 24-year-old, and he did well. He hit 301. He was looking good. The Pirates were excited to have him back in 2017, and he played almost a full season in 2017, was basically a league average hitter. He hit 276. Things were fine, but then he had his career year, 2018 with the Pirates. Now, he only played 113 games, had a little bit of an injury issue, but when he was on the field, a career-high 10 homers, a career-high 116 WRC plus that year, slugged a career-high 456, he was looking like a different hitter. Kind of came back down to earth in 2019. 2020, he was horrendous in the shortened year, but 2021, he pulled it all back together. Started the year with the Pirates, was named an all-star for the first time in 98 games with Pittsburgh, get a 127 WRC+. He hit 324 with the Pirates, and they were able to deal him at the deadline. He was dealt by Pittsburgh. They were obviously not in it, and sent over to San Diego. Now, all that hitting he did in Pittsburgh 
didn't really happen for the Padres down the stretch. 57 games with San Diego, hit just 267, just an 86 WRC+. Ended up in Seattle this year, and things got even worse. So that's where we stand here with Adam Frazier in 2022. Now, things you liked about his 2021, he had a 10.8% strikeout rate, which is the fourth lowest in baseball. He does not swing and miss. He just, he doesn't do it. And if you think he can get back to what he did in 2021, because in total, I mean, 155 games, a 113 WRC plus, he hit 305 across the season between San Diego and Pittsburgh. He had a 3.6 war according to Fangraphs. He was a very valuable player in 2021 between those two teams. If you think he can get back to that, you got a good player out there. And again, he just, he, he doesn't swing and miss. He did chase the ball a little bit more this year, 33%. Chase rate was his highest since his rookie year, but he still made contact. You know, his swing and miss rate is, I mean, right around 6%. I mean, he's always making contact with pitches. And in an era of baseball where strikeout rates are high, it's nice to have a guy like Adam Frazier who puts the ball in play. That's what he does. He's not a home run hitter. He's a singles and doubles guy who puts the ball in play and is going to give you a chance. Now, if he has a full season like he did this year, it's not worth it. If he has a season like he did last year in 2021, it is worth it. And it was kind of a weird year this year because he had a really good May, a good July, a good August. But then he had two of the worst months of his career. He had a 18 WRC plus in June. He was probably the worst hitter in baseball in the month of June. And then down the stretch, September and October, had a 54 WRC+, plus. just did not help the Mariners at all. Still was in their playoff lineup because they had a few injuries, but just wasn't helping them down the stretch. He's struggled against lefties in his career. He is a left-handed hitter. Just an 82 WRC+, plus against lefties versus 104 against righties in his major league career. So he's not going to probably play against a whole lot of left-handers for the Orioles. But what he does give them is a bat that can control the strike zone, can put the ball in play, can spread it all over the diamond if he is right, if the O's can get him back to where he was a year ago. And as I mentioned earlier, he plays pretty much every position. This year, he played second base, shortstop, left field, center field, and right field for the Mariners, and he has played third base in his career as well. Basically only has never been a catcher or a first baseman, can play everywhere else on the diamond. And while his main position is second base, he played a good amount of outfield this year. It's not like, oh, you just can throw him out there if you really need an outfielder. No, he played a solid amount of outfield this year. I mean, he played about 200 innings in the outfield for Seattle this season. And defensive metrics-wise, he he didn't do poorly. He had a two defensive runs saved. He was positive. He was above average in the outfield this year. Now, at second base, there are some questions about the defense. It had always been really good. It took a bit of a dip this year, negative one defensive run save, but six outs above average. So the metrics are kind of split on him. But generally throughout his career, he's been a really good defensive second baseman. And although he slipped a little bit this year, I think most still agree he is a good to a little bit better than good defensively at second base. So he gives you the defense. He can hit some singles and doubles. He's not going to strike out. He is a helpful player to have on your team. But the question then becomes, how much does he help the Orioles with bringing him in? We'll try to answer that question coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast 
is brought to you by Built Bar. Because, listen, we got to pause the podcast for a second because you have to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. Listen to this. The cookie dough topper, the coconut brownie bar, the coconut brownie topper. These new flavors, fantastic. But that's not all. How about white chocolate peppermint granola? It's Built's take on a granola bar, so it's more filling, still insanely tasty. And the candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, candy cane brownie flavored. You got to go get the Built Bars. Got the classic Built Bars. Now you got the granola bars. Now you got the puffs. Everything you need. And here's the great thing. Built is revolutionizing nutrition as we know it. They got 100% real chocolate on every product, but they each have 17 grams of protein in every Built Bar and shockingly low sugar, low calorie, just 130 calories in these Built Bars. You've, you've just, you've got to try it. So to try it yourself, you can go to Built.com and you'll get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, that is code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're talking about Adam Frazier, who the Orioles signed to a one-year, $8 million deal on Thursday, just their second big league signing of the offseason. It brings their spending this offseason to a whopping $18 million. One year, $10 million to Kyle Gibson, and one year, $8 million to Adam Frazier. And somehow, that is still the biggest contract the Orioles have given out to a position player among free agents since Mike Elias has taken over as GM. A one-year, $8 million deal to Adam Frazier. But that's where we still are here in mid-December. Now, we talked about what Frazier has been in the past. So let's turn it forward because you never know. Frazier could play well this year and maybe the Orioles could extend him to another deal or he could just kind of play his role for one year with this team, transition to them to the you know kind of younger prospect infielders and then be on his way to another team in free agency next year. But as we look forward to 2023, we try to take a look at, well, what role does he play? And I think the first thing we want to get to, and this is something similar to what I talked about when the Orioles signed Kyle Gibson, how he just felt like an upgrade over the Jordan Lyles position. Adam Frazier just kind of feels like an upgrade over Rugnet Odor in that exact same spot on the roster. You know, we talked about Frazier's stats. Odor in 2022 hit 207, about 30 points lower than Frazier. 275 on base for Rugnet Odor. Again, it wasn't like he was... Uh, a walk machine, and Frazier's not exactly a walk machine, but still had an on-base over 300. And Odor's 357 slugging was better than Frazier this year, but Frazier was better than that last year, and actually a lot better than that. And when you combine it all together, Odor an 80 WRC+, Frazier an 81 WRC+, and Adam Frazier much better defensively than Odor was. And although Odor was key in turning double plays, he did make some gaffes at second base and was only worth 0.4 war, according to Fangraphs. And Frazier, again, was worth 1.1 with Seattle this season. So kind of like Gibson was to Lyles, Frazier just kind of a slight upgrade over Rugnet Odor. Does it make the Orioles better than last year? Yes, it does, because I think Gibson's better than Lyles, and I think Frazier is better than Odor. So it makes them better. Does it make them a crazy amount better? No, it does not. But they did get marginally better with this move. Now, is Frazier going to bring all the things Odor did? We know Rugnet Odor was a big-time leader in that clubhouse. What I have heard from Mariners people, though, is that Adam Frazier kind of has the same sort of clubhouse presence. They actually 
called him the Slapton in Seattle because he was a slap hitter and he kind of felt like the captain of that clubhouse, therefore the Slapton nickname. If he plays well, we'll keep the Slapton nickname. If he doesn't, it might turn into something different. But that fills that role. Now, he's not going to hit for the power that Rugnet Odor could give you. And Odor at any moment, although it didn't happen a lot, but when it did, he could deliver a huge home run. Adam Frazier's not that kind of hitter. Now, Frazier is going to make good plays at second, but Odor's kind of funny because he'll boot some easy plays that Frazier will make, but Odor will make more flashy plays at second base than Frazier will defensively. So that's a little bit of a change there as well. I still trust Frazier more than Rugman Odor at second base. But... I mean, we, you couldn't deny the Rugnet Odor clutch gene. It's not just a narrative. You know, we talked about all season how Rugnet Odor in those high leverage situations per fan graphs was like the best hitter in baseball in high leverage and was one of the worst hitters in baseball in every other spot. Not sure if that is exactly what Adam Frazier will bring. Now, he did have arguably the biggest hit of the Mariners season, the go-ahead RBI double in the ninth inning of that crazy comeback game against the Blue Jays in the wild card round that gave them the lead and ultimately gave them their first ever, or not first ever, but first playoff series win in over 20 years. So I would say that's good. And what I will say about Frazier is although it's not Rugnet Odor levels, okay, this is not Odor and he doesn't have the home runs to go with it, like Frazier only had three home runs this year, so the power is kind of zapped. And he only had one in high leverage spots, but Frazier this year, via fan graphs, hit 238 in low leverage spots, hit 218 in what they call medium leverage spots, and to be fair, in just 60 at-bats in high leverage spots, 73 plate appearances, Adam Frazier hit 317 in those 73 plate appearances in high leverage spots. It's not Odor because it doesn't have the power, but a 129 WRC plus in those spots kind of at least fills some of that role. So now you look at what he's like on the team. Gunnar Henderson has an infield spot locked up, either at third base or shortstop, and Ryan Mountcastle is going to be at first base. But everything else is still in limbo. Gunnar, Mateo, Frazier, Arias... Favre, and then, you know, maybe Westberg and Joey Ortiz knocking on the door from AAA. That's all your infield options right now. It's a lot of options. So there's there's one way to do it where Gunnar Henderson plays third base. You have Jorge Mateo at shortstop, Adam Frazier at second, and then Arias platoons in there some. Maybe he DHs. You can play Frazier in the outfield some, you know, especially in left field, maybe over Austin Hayes. Then you can get Arias in there. Or there's the chance where... Maybe Jorge Mateo is just not the player he was last year. And you have Arias at third, Gunnar Henderson at shortstop, and Adam Frazier at second. I think either way could happen. Now, he's a better version of Odor, and he's kind of a similar player to Terran Vavra, really. I mean, more of a, you know, a smaller left-handed hitter, kind of a, a slap hitter who mainly plays second base, but can certainly play the outfield fairly well at a major league level. It's basically Terran Vavra. He's just a more proven version of Terran Vavra. I mean, if you had me pick one of them for the 2023 season, I'm taking Frazier because we've seen him do it a lot at the big league level and just really haven't seen it from Vavra and his too much in the bigs last year. So I'm still taking Frazier in that spot. But it's really interesting how he's kind of the similar mold of player. The only thing I will say, Frazier, definitely a better defensive second baseman. But other than that, they're very similar. It's just Frazier's more proven, a little bit better. 
So that's what he gives the Orioles. I mean, you know, he might hit as high as sixth sometimes, but generally you're going to see him in the bottom third, seven, eight, or nine in the lineup when he's hitting, unless, unless early in the year he gets those numbers back to what we saw in Pittsburgh, hitting over 300. Then he could certainly hit higher in the Orioles order. And I don't know if he's going to play an every single day role, but with the positional versatility and the fact that he's a left-handed bat in this ballpark, the O's were looking for left-handed bats, he'll probably play most days throughout the season unless his offense gets worse and, and kind of completely tanks. So there's ways to do it. And I hope the Orioles offseason is not done. I hope they can add another starting pitcher. I hope they can add another hitter, you know, more of a power left-handed hitter. But if I had to guess the Orioles opening day lineup right now, if, let's say they're facing a, a right-handed pitcher, Cedric Mullins in center field, leading off. Adley Rutschman catching, batting second. We'll put Anthony Santander third in right field. Gunnar Henderson at third base, batting fourth. Ryan Mountcastle at first base, hitting fifth. And then you know, maybe Kyle Stowers in left field, hitting sixth. Ramon Arias DHing, hitting seventh. And then Adam Frazier at second base, hits eighth. And Jorge Mateo at shortstop, bats ninth. And then you've you know got other guys in the mix in other spots. Austin Hayes, not in that lineup. Darren Vavra, not in that lineup. They probably need another hitter, as you can hear from that. But Frazier's going to be in there most days, and it really helps that he can play the outfield. And here is kind of the biggest thing for him. He's really a safety net for the Orioles in this way because not only is he a little better than Odor and just kind of the better version of currently Darren Vavra, but... Say Jorge Mateo's bat really tanks, and although his defense and base running are so good, you just can't play him every day because of the bat. He can be a fill-in there. You can move Gunner to short, Arias plays third, and Frazier plays second. You get a veteran guy in there instead. Or say, you know, the rookie struggle where Taron Vavra slumps, or Jordan Westberg or Joey Ortiz are both just so they're not quite ready to get every day at bats in the bigs this year. You have a veteran guy in Frazier you could go to. It's kind of the same thing I've been talking about with Orioles pitching. Like, yeah, they have five starters right now they can go into the season with that had some success last year, but you don't want to rely on that many rookies and young players. You need some more proven veterans to be that safety net, and that's what it seems like Frazier is. Unfortunately, unless he can climb back to what he was with the Pirates last year and hit over 300, he doesn't seem to be more than a safety net. Is he better than Odor? Yes. Is he more fun to watch than Odor? Not even close, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. Again, does he make the Orioles better? Similar to Kyle Gibson. Yes, he does. Right now, being added to the team, the Orioles are a better baseball team than they were yesterday. But does it make that much of a difference? I don't think so. And that's where more of the frustrations come out of this Orioles offseason because did they get a little bit better? Yes, they did. But does it really move the needle? I'm not really sure. I think he's going to play a lot. I think the O's could find that stroke back where he can spray the ball over the field and hit close to 300. I just don't know if it's going to happen because he looked really, really rough at times in Seattle. But they did add a bat. They did add a left-handed bat and a guy who can play a lot of different positions can play the outfield, can help you out in many ways. But the question becomes, what's next for the Orioles? Hopefully they're not done. Maybe more signings. Maybe more trades. Who knows? We'll talk about what it looks like coming up next. But first, 
Here's the situation. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but no, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So the Orioles add Adam Frazier on a one-year, $8 million deal in free agency on Thursday. But hopefully Frazier and Gibson is not all for the Orioles this offseason. But one thing I will say, and and this is something I put out on Twitter, at Locked on Orioles, make sure to follow the account. Put this out yesterday after the move. It's kind of giving a little bit more insight into what the Orioles' true plan was this offseason, or at least what the plan had to be because of potential constraints on spending from the Angeloses, is that, remember last offseason, I mean, we didn't expect a lot from the Orioles. They were coming off a horrible year, 52 wins. We thought, hey, let's make some marginal improvements, see what we got. Well, the Orioles brought in three veterans on cheap, cheap deals, Jordan Lyles, Rugnet Odor, and Robinson Chirinos, and... They all played their role this year. Torinos was the starter until Adley came up, and Lyles ate a bunch of innings, and Odor certainly had a flair for the dramatic. But I said after the season that one thing the Orioles needed to address was upgrading at all those spots because I felt like I'd said this multiple times. The Orioles need veterans like that because Lyles, Odor, and Torinos were all huge in the Orioles' clubhouse, but they all certainly had their struggles on the field, and my point was you need guys in that young clubhouse, veterans like that, who really seem to help the O's but they need to be more productive on the field. And I said, hey, that's one thing to address. Now, I was pretty clear that the other thing to address was, while you do that, also get a big bat from the left side, also go get a top starting pitcher, and really start to shoot this team forward. But it just kind of seems like the plan, and maybe the only plan, is just doing those slight veteran upgrades. You go from Jordan Lyles to Kyle Gibson, you get a guy who's still a veteran leader, been around for a long time, 35 years old, but is probably a little better than Lyles. As I outlined on the show a couple weeks ago when they signed Gibson, it's just a better version of Jordan Lyles. You go get Adam Frazier, still known as a leader in the clubhouse like Odor was, but just been a little more consistent recently than Odor, and at this point, I think still is a better baseball player than Brunette Odor. So you upgrade a little bit that position. And then the last thing would be Robinson Torinos at backup catcher. We know the Orioles are still looking for a backup catcher. I feel like they're probably going to sign one to like a one-year, you know, two or three million dollar cheap MLB deal. And it'll be pretty easy to upgrade on Torinos. He was probably the worst catcher in baseball last year, and I don't think they'll bring him back. So they'll probably get more of a veteran guy who's somewhat of a leader, but also is going to be a better pitch framer and just hit a little bit. Could that be the end of the offseason? I mean, it, it could be. And it's those three little upgrades that I talked about being kind of the baseline for the offseason. But that could be all for the offseason. And that's kind of what the Adam Frazier move is telling me. Now, it could say some other things. I know some people thought, does this mean a trade is coming? Does this make some of the other Orioles infielders more expendable? It does. 
It means it's probably a little easier to trade Ramon Arias if a team wants, you know, a major league bat for a starting pitcher like the Marlins would maybe want. That could work out. If a team really, really likes Jordan Westberg or Joey Ortiz, it makes it easier to trade one of them this offseason to get pitching when you know you have Frazier as a stopgap in 2023. So it does set up for a little bit more ease of making that kind of trade to get pitching, and I'm still holding out hope. But at this point, I mean, unless the Orioles sign Nathan Eovaldi, they're going to have to use the trade market to upgrade starting pitching because everybody keeps going off the board, and what do you know, Thursday night, of course, Carlos Rodon, not only is he not an Oriole, he's a New York Yankee on a six-year, $162 million deal. He got less money than I thought. You know, he wanted seven years, he only got six, and he wanted $30 million a year, he only got $27 million per year. That contract is basically what the Orioles gave Chris Davis, and the Yankees were able to get Carlos Rodon with it. The O's could have spent that money and got Carlos Rodon, the Angeloses or whomever, just chose not to. So Eovaldi's still out there, but if they don't get him, which... Red Sox are pushing for him. Other teams are going to be pushing for him. The O's are going to have to trade to get that starting pitching. So I'm confident they're going to get a better backup catcher here at some point soon. But once they're past that, are they going to be done? I hope not, but they could be. And I'm still trying to stay patient because they have a lot of pieces to trade. And every day it seems there's more and more guys potentially on the trade block in terms of starting pitchers. So the O's should go get them, but we will see. And again, Adam Frazier helps. He makes the team better, but we'll see how much better he can really make the Orioles. But that'll do it for this week here on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in all week. Again, we'll be back next week. We go down to three episodes a week starting next week, but still got all the O's content. And speaking of trades, when we get back here on Monday, we're going to start a, uh, a series here on the podcast looking at potential trades the O's could make for starting pitching around baseball. And on Monday, we'll look at the Seattle Mariners. They got a couple of starters in Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen, who could potentially be dealt this offseason. And Ty Dane Gonzalez, the host of Locked on Mariners, is going to join the pod. We're going to throw out a couple of mock trades to see how we could get a starting pitcher to the Orioles. But that's all coming up on Monday's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.